When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Of Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. And welcome in. If you notice that there is a, a box missing a person, it's because Phil Mackey's in Denver at the, uh, I believe it's the Podcast Movement Convention. Um, he will be definitely joining in some of the things that we're recording the next few days, but he is out for this. But you know what? It doesn't matter because Judd and Declan are joined by Darren Doogie Wolfson, Scoop Podcast. Um, this is not a Reckless Speculation Thursday, but it's the next best thing because it qualifies as a Reckless Speculation Tuesday. And, dudes, let's start with the Reckless Speculation, something that we were both involved in yesterday. Let's start with um, the sort of mysterious situation of TJ Hawkinson's what appears to be a hold-in with an earache and equilibrium involved. But TJ, I'm not sure, didn't sort of smirk through talking about the ear problem yesterday. Give me your inside information and also just your reporter's instincts interpretation of what we're dealing with here with a guy who, by the way, in all seriousness, is a very important part of the 2023 Vikings. Well, absolutely. I mean, I can make a case that outside of Justin Jefferson, quarterback aside, but outside of Justin Jefferson, He's the second most important, I guess, skill position guy, right? We can make a case for Darasaw O'Neal. But when thinking about Osborne, Addison, Hawkinson, Madison, you can certainly make a case Hawkinson atop that list. Good work by you. So my intention on Monday was to track down Najee Thompson. Well, okay, it sounds like he's in the concussion protocol. He wasn't out on the practice field. I'm then thinking, okay, Jordan Addison is back. I'm watching him out there. but. He was getting some post-practice work in. Turns out he wasn't going to talk. I wanted to catch up with a Caleb Evans, which I did, but it didn't dawn on me, hey, let's get an update from TJ Hawkinson. So good work by you, Bulldog Judd Zolgad, pulling him aside. I saw it out of the corner of my eye. So I grabbed our photojournalist, Brian. I said, hey, let's hop in. Judd can ask his questions, but let's hop in for a couple minutes. So good work by you. I will praise you for that. You don't need to praise yourself. You'll separate your shoulder doing so. I will pat you on the back. And you got right to the point, which I greatly appreciate. He was incredibly good at dipping, dodging, ducking, right? Really good dodgeball player. He was deflecting all over the place, Judd. But it, to me, seems clear as day that, yes, I do think there was an ear infection, an ear issue impacting his equilibrium. But at this point, weeks later, there is something to do with the contract. He even alluded to, which is something we talked about last week, even previous, 
that Neil Cornrich, his representation, has had dialogue with Rob Brzezinski of the Vikings. They have been trying to hammer out a contract extension, Hawkinson in the final year of his deal. So, yes, the optics suggest that this is a Holden. Why he won't just acknowledge that, I don't know. I do appreciate the fact that he stopped and chatted. It's not like he had to say yes to your request. So I thank him for that. But the way he alluded your questions leads me to believe that this absolutely has something to do with the lack of a contract extension. So, Dukes, is Hawkinson's camp asking for, like, Walner money? Are are they asking for top money here? He's younger. He's obviously looking to get a big payday here. Is it is is there just no budge room, you think, from from what you have gathered or what you're kind of speculating on what the agent is asking the Vikings that they want to pay Hawkinson for? Well, I mean, the price keeps going up, up, up. The Vikings are well aware that the franchise tag is very reasonable if it comes down to that. Not that this regime has a history of using the franchise tag, but if you need to, using the franchise tag next March for a tight end is very reasonable, $12 million-ish. So if it comes down to that, the Vikings know they have that in their back pocket. But Hawkinson looks at Cole Komet's extension, Evan Ingram's extension with Jacksonville, certainly the Waller extension with, uh, you know, now with the Giants coming from the Raiders, right? The Darren Waller extension that he signed, I guess that would have been right, Declan, with the Raiders, right, pre-trade. Then they move him on to the Giants. You can remind me the specific numbers there, but clearly when looking at the base of Cole Komet at 31 or $32 million guaranteed, we need to go north, in many ways significantly north, of that when talking about TJ Hawkinson. And so if you're the Vikings, are you willing to commit four years, 62 to $64 million with 40-ish million dollars, $41 million guaranteed to Hawkinson? Or are you willing to play this year-to-year game and use the franchise tag? Now, I will tell you, when they made the move for him last October, they had every intention. Heck, I'm pretty sure, Judd, they had every intention of having an extension done by now. So the fact that we're sitting here on August 22nd talking about this situation not being done, I think the Vikings had it in their mind, hey, like, of course, we give up pretty good draft capital to bring in Hawkinson. We see him here for multiple more years, and we plan on taking care of him. But clearly, Neil Cornrich, you know, I mean, I'm just saying, it's pretty clear that Neil Cornrich is asking for a little bit more than the Vikings are willing to pay him. Dukes, Darren Walner's contract is three years, 51 million, 22 guaranteed with an AAV of 17 per. Okay, well, but look at the Cole Komet then. So Cole Komet got what, 30 or 31 guaranteed? Now, maybe that's the outlier, right? That the Bears had to hit a salary floor. The Bears are in a different financial spectrum than the Vikings right now. That the Cole Komet contract, in many ways, overpay, right? I mean, you know, yes. that's a really good job by his representation. Is it 30 or 31 million guaranteed four, for Komet? Four year, 50 mil, a 32 guaranteed. Yeah. 32. Okay. All right. Well, so we're going higher than Darren's, right? I think if you're Cornrich, you got to look at that Komet and say, yes. hey, my guy is significantly better. We need to go higher than that. I cannot accept less than what Cole Komet signed for. Yep. And so you can just talk this thing through, Judd, right? it's pretty clear what the sticking points are, that it's coming down to certainly guaranteed money. Yes, and the the thing, too, is um, 
I think that the reason why this is also an issue now in a big way is very simple. If you start playing now, and by, by the way, I am curious what the end game is here. Like if he's not signed by September 10th, does he just play and forget that this happened or what? But, but if you don't, or if you don't sign now, the Vikings will almost certainly come March, Darren, franchise tag Hawkinson. And at that point in time, you know, the franchise tag on tight ends is not that great. And so, like, that's not a great option. Yes, it's one year. It's a lot of cash, but it's not a great option, especially for a position that takes a beating and wants guaranteed as much guaranteed right now. Like, this is the contract at which Hawkinson is going to make his bones. Like, this is your your second contract is where you really make it. So. I, I get the problems from both sides, too, because the Vikings will t- turn around and say, we don't have a quarterback signed, essentially, for 2024. Um, Justin Jefferson's going to break the bank. And that, by the way, that price tag goes up every day. Uh, at defensive end, w- when it comes to the two guys who are going to start as our pass rushers, Davenport's on a one-year contract, and so is Hunter. So I see the I see the problems on both sides here. What I don't know is what's the solution. And again, what's Hawkinson's end game? Like, is he going to claim ear problems right through September 10th? Then, you know, like that that to me is where this story is going. Um, because, you know, I think we all thought, Darren, a couple of weeks ago or a month ago, this is going to get done by now, right? Like, yeah, it might be a little bit of a hiccup or something, but it's going to get done by now. I'm no longer assuming that. So that's my question. If if Neil Cornrich would ever pick up his phone, which I can tell you, unless you've had more success than me, he will not. What's your end game here for your client? Is this all a big bluff and he's staying out of teamwork? Or is this, you know, basically going to be September 10th, you know, I'm going to be Humpty Dumpty in the locker room and fall down because I can't play because of my ear problem. Correct. I've had zero luck on the Neil Cornrich front. Never I mean, he's a long-time agent. In fact, did he represent guy. Glenn Mason way back when? He did. Chip used to talk to him because he would pick up the phone to talk about Glenn. He would, right? But, I mean, he's been doing this such a long time that, yeah, I just I haven't had luck, specifically here on, on Hawkinson. I certainly have tried. But I do know that there have been conversations, Neil – with Rob Brzezinski, yeah. others with the Vikings, that there has been dialogue. So that I feel safely suggesting. I mean, I get it. Like, Hawkinson has a little bit of an injury history. Declan, do you remember how many times he's been hurt? But there is an injury history there. So in TJ's mind, okay, I'm putting my body on the line this year. You know, hopefully something catastrophic doesn't happen. Then, okay, the franchise tag gets slapped on me next March. But then what if something happens to me during the 24 season, right? So TJ's looking at it and saying, okay, so I need to play another 30 to 32 to 34 to 35 games of putting my body on the line without Mm -hmm. long-term security, Mm -hmm. right? But if you're the Vikings, that franchise tag, I'm telling you, Judd, yeah. I mean, you look at all the free agents they have, the most logical is the tight end position. Like you're not using the franchise tag on, I mean, this wouldn't happen anyway, but you're not using it on KJ Osborne, right? At the wide receiver position. No way. Right. Like tight end. Like that's the one that is a very reasonable franchise tag number. I just know that both sides have been motivated along the way to work out an extension that you would like to think 
it can get done. Maybe the Vikings are going to have to budge a little bit more. Neil will have to budge a little bit. Find some sort of happy medium. But that TJ really likes it here. He wants to be here for the next few years. The Vikings want him here. When they traded for him, that was every intention to have him here for the next few years. Find a way to make it work. But yeah, like, I don't know if he did himself any favor stopping and chatting. I appreciate it. I really do. But like, once you read those comments or watch those comments, since we had the camera on him, man alive. Like, if you're a fan, you have to be thinking, what the heck is going on here? Dukes, I also feel like part of the reason the Lions probably traded him is because they didn't want to end up paying him. Not not because he's not worth it, per se. It's just there's it's hard to make a salary cap work. It's hard to make all your full roster work. I, I have a feeling, too, if, if in the pie chart, if you will, of why the Lions traded TJ Hawkinson, probably the biggest piece of pie was we're not going to be able to pay him, so let's get some value for him back right now. Yes. I mean, heck, you look at what the Lions have done, right? Moving on from the running back, Swift. Probably didn't want to pay him. Okay, well, let's go with a running back, Gibbs, in the first round. Okay, let's steal David Montgomery, because I'm a big Montgomery fan, by the way. But, you know, let's you know steal him off, off the free agent market. Let's swipe him away from a division rival. Very reasonable money. Okay, then we've got our two running backs. Let's draft Sam Laporta, who I really like. At Iowa, logical replacement right there. You know, upset that that my guy, uh, you've got uh, Zilstra, who got hurt, you know, a couple weeks ago. But, like, you know, he showed some flashes last year. So they thought, okay, let's draft a tight end. We've got, you know, him coming back. Let's see if we can make it work with a couple other guys as well. But, you know, namely Laporta, right? But, like, yeah, absolutely, Declan. When they were fleshing this thing out plus when receiving yeah there was a draft pick that came this direction but when able to land a second round pick they probably thought yeah like this is very very reasonable because we are not willing to commit long-term money to our former first round pick tj hawkinson but when the vikings made that move i'm just telling you there was the intent to have him here for the long term so i just i'd like to think that something can be worked out. I tweeted something early last week or sometime in the last 10 to 14 days that I thought a Hawkinson extension would happen before the Vikings signed one of Kareem Hunt, Dalton Reisner, or Ronald Darby. Well, Darby off the board to Baltimore. The Vikings never made him an offer. At this point, like, does Kareem Hunt end up in Indianapolis? Do the Colts find a Mm -hmm. trade partner on Jonathan Taylor? Or does he end up in New Orleans? But the Vikings have not extended Kareem Hunt a contract offer. And Reisner, like, I'm still surprised he's out there. No steam on any other visits, right? So that one is interesting to me, but the Vikings still have not extended him a contract offer. So I would still put my money on an an extension happening before the Vikings sign one of those three guys. But, like, at this point, I thought it would be done by August 22nd. I am surprised it's not done at this point. Good stuff. And are are there more um, Viking scoops before we move on to the Twins, Darren? Well, Brian Asamoah is trending in the right direction. In fact, I was standing right there at practice on Monday. He had a nice conversation with Brian Flores about where he's at health-wise. He's not that far away. I said last week he was trending toward being ready for week one. Undoubtedly, he'll be ready for week one. The question is, is he the starting linebacker, you know, next to Jordan Hicks? Or is it Ivan Pace Jr.? But Brian Asamoah 
trending in the right direction coming back from his injury. Makai Blackman escaped, you know, a serious injury with that shoulder, and he was working off to the side, but he'll still be a few days before he's able to join team drills. It sounds like Asamoah closer than Blackman. Then we wonder about Najee Thompson, who has been trending toward making the 53-man roster, but now that he's in the concussion protocol, hopefully it's short-term, like Jordan Addison. Then Lewis Seen got dinged up early in practice on Monday, so we'll wait word on him, but it doesn't seem like that's overly serious. Uh, Dukes, before we get to those twin scoops, why don't you, uh, you're looking a little trim there, looking a little slim, look like you've dropped some pounds. Uh, how have you done this, sir? Well, I appreciate that, Declan. Thanks for the love. So I began my journey with mnfatloss.com on July 2nd. My stated goal when I met with the fine folks at mnfatloss.com was over the course of 60 days, I'd like to lose 20 to 25 pounds. Nothing crazy. Let's do this naturally, safely, effectively. I know my body, right? I'm thinking, okay, I'm not going to lose a pound a day. I'm not losing 50 or 60 pounds in 60 days. But I thought 20 to 25 pounds was a very realistic goal. Well, guess what? I've hit the 20-pound mark, fluctuating 19 and 20 pounds, but I've hit the 20-pound mark. As we approach day 60 in the next 7 to 14 days, I should be able to hit the 25-pound mark. It was all about teaching me how to eat, what to eat, when to eat. Portion control. Okay, you can enjoy chicken, shrimp, cod, turkey, but just how much should you eat? I love strawberries, blueberries, raspberries. Okay, well, portion control on that. Maybe don't go all in on a container of blueberries. Maybe go half, right? That's okay. I love green beans. I love asparagus. A big thing for me was cutting out sugary drinks. No more frappes. I like Mm. black coffee, so just drink black coffee. I like drinking water. Let's go water. No sugary drinks. It was all about just needing direction. The fine folks at mnfatloss.com do that for me. More importantly, I have energy. You think about the heat index for this week. These Vikings Cardinals joint practices. 105 need energy to watch, to observe in Egan on Wednesday and Thursday. So it's all thanks to mnfatloss.com. If I can do it, if you're interested in losing weight, you can too. Many patients like me lose 20 to 30 pounds in about a month or two. For your free private weight loss consultation, call 763-312-7600, 763-312-7600, or schedule online at mnfatloss.com. That's mnfatloss.com. Dr. Adam Schatzko, DC. Results may vary. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. Dukes on the Twins front. So Alex Kirloff, I believe, I, I think I read it last Friday, has begun to swing a bat. Um, is there any status on him beginning a rehab st- uh, stint with St. Paul? What's what's the status of, of one of the more important hitters in the Twins lineup come October? Yeah, no plans right now, Declan, on a rehab assignment. Yes, he is swinging off the tee. In fact, I saw Alex at Vikings practice on right. Monday. Looking good, feeling good. Realistic to think that he will be back in the Twins lineup before the season is over, but we're still a little ways 
away. Like he's not returning next week or anything like that. The shoulder still needs some time. So there are no rehab assignment plans. Also on the injury front, Joe Ryan doing well. It sounds like Joe Ryan will return to the Twins rotation this week. Some loose chatter of Saturday at Target Field against the Texas Rangers. But there was also a little bit of chatter about even potentially as soon as tomorrow in Milwaukee. But it looks like over tonight in Milwaukee, Kenta Maeda tomorrow in Milwaukee. But bottom line, whether it's tomorrow or Saturday, Joe Ryan looked fine last Friday at CHS Field pitching for the Saints, that there was no reason for him to travel to Omaha. He wasn't on the bus to Omaha. although. Major leaguers, when they rehab, so they can actually fly. It's interesting, the rules, right? So it's not like he had to hop on the bus when the Saints bust to Omaha for a series that begins tonight. He actually could have flown on the Twins' dime, actually stays at a different hotel if he was going to (laughs) Omaha. It's fascinating the way these major leaguers are taken care of on rehab assignments. Like, they can stay at a different hotel. They can fly, not bus. But there was no reason for Joe Ryan to go to Omaha. It sounds like now, who knows, maybe he's there for a little bit just to cheer on his teammates, but he's trending toward rejoining the Twins rotation this week. So that is really, really good news. I caught up with Jose Miranda. Remember him? I caught up with Jose Miranda late last week, that shoulder. So that shoulder he initially injured in spring training. Remember, he missed the World Baseball Classic. Yes. Well, it turns out this is the first time I heard this from him. Like, that shoulder has been bothering him for the entire year. He tried to play through it in hindsight, regrets doing so. Bottom line, Jose Miranda is still two and a half to three weeks away from playing. And at this point, there really isn't a spot on the soon-to-be-expanded roster of the Twins going from 26 to 28 players starting, what, September 1st. But, like, there's not room for Jose Miranda. But I know a lot of people have been asking me, hey, what's the update? on Jose Miranda. So that's it. That shoulder has been bothering him all year. On Byron Buxton, finally some team chatter about him returning to center field. Judd, what did I say before this latest hamstring injury? So he went on the injured list August 4th. What did I say before August 4th? I said he was ready to play center field yeah. then. I I'm not told saying you he was ready said. to play in April or I was May. Listening. Yeah. But he was ready to play Weeks ago. Yep. Right? So this plan, the Twins unearthed, I'm not entirely sure. Now, he still might get to 100 games played, which would be a big accomplishment for him. But I'm not quite sure this plan has been the best. Like, I think he could have been in center field much earlier this summer. By the way, Judd, one year ago today, one year ago today, the last time Byron Buxton played in center field. Wow. Wow. So when is he expected back at all? Sometime in September? Is that correct? Like, what's like what's the plan here? Well, so the Saints are in Omaha this week. I don't expect Buxton to join them this week. Right. But I could see Buxton joining the Saints for a rehab assignment next week, right? Then thereafter, as we approach September 1st, late next week, Maybe it trends toward soon thereafter, September 1st, that Buxton can be back in the Twins lineup. But you think about October 3rd, fast approaching, right? We know the Twins are going to the playoffs. 
right? Yeah. The Tigers are not going, yeah. you know, 800, you know, win, you know, percentage the rest of the way, You're right? right? It's not trending that way, right? The right. Tigers are not doing it. The Guardians, they're five, six games under 500. We're not taking them seriously either. So the Twins will win the worst division in baseball. They will host a playoff game, a first-round mm-hmm. playoff series, beginning Tuesday, October 3rd. So when thinking about the best possible lineup, whether you're facing Kevin Gossman of Toronto or maybe it's Kirby of the Mariners or Castillo of the Mariners, heck, the way the Mariners are playing, the Mariners right now are the sixth seed. It's not Toronto, right? But regardless of who you're facing, you're going to face a very capable starting pitcher. I think the best lineup is Buxton in center, Julian DHing, Polanco at second, Lewis at third. I would catch Jeffers, which means Vasquez is on the bench, but we can have that debate. That can be a separate debate. But clearly, the best possible lineup has Byron Buxton in center, so Julian can DH. Little tease for the audience, a little score North twin show with Judd Zolgan and myself also posting this afternoon. And I have both right-handed, and I remembered this time, left-handed pitching lineups, uh, left-handed lineups uh, against those starters too. So stay on the lookout for that. Uh, Dukes, uh, I want to transition to what Bill Simmons said uh, about the Damian Lillard rumors. But before I do that, uh, speaking of rumors and speaking of fixing things sometimes, Judd, uh, who do you call in the electrical side when you need work done at the Zolgad household? Well, that's always one call, and that's my friend Cody Finch and his team at Finch Home Solutions, who will show up in the van that you're about to see. Look at that van right there. That's going to show up. Yes, it is. Uh, it, it's, it's remindful of a local National Football League team in town because Cody Finch is dedicated to, to that team, and more importantly, he's dedicated to taking care of any electrical issues in your home, no matter how big, no, no matter how small. Finch Home Solutions came to my home, and we all know Sports Dad is not allow people ordinarily in in his home except for doogie on the rare occasion when he can't find a college football game but you know what they came into my home they did a fantastic job efficient quick um told me what was wrong what had to be fixed and there was no bs to it and again it can be a small project it can be the installation of an outlet for instance it can be rewiring your entire home finch can do it all and finch does a fantastic job right now offering a free electrical panel inspection or 199 home safety inspection 612-357-2604 finchhomesolutions.com finchhomesolutions.com there is a form that you can fill out that van will show up at your house you don't even need to talk to a receptionist it's that simple finchhomesolutions.com uh, Duke, so Bill Simmons, I'm not sure if you saw this. Uh, he, he really embraced the reckless speculation lifestyle. We don't have our full button bar here, but juicy piece of reckless speculation here from Bill Simmons on his pod yesterday talking about Dame Lillard saying, quote, we don't really have a Damon Lillard trade. And I'm wondering, you wonder if Dame's watching this being the uh, FIBA basketball tournament going on saying, you know what? Me for Towns. You just switch us. We have Gobert. We have Edwards. It's kind of nice. Me and Ant together, I'd be aligned with this guy who's clearly going to be one of the five or six guys in the league. Maybe that's a better situation for me than anywhere else, and I want to win a title. And this doesn't seem unrealistic to me. Believe it. Minnesota, I'm adding them to the list. End quote from Bill Simmons. What do you think about Bill Simmons throwing some Damian Lillard trade rumors to the Timberwolves way? Well, I would do it. I'm on record. I would make that move. If I'm Tim Connolly, if that was actually presented my way, I say yes. 
I'm not convinced Damian Lillard is all that interested in playing here in Minnesota. I also have zero sense that the Wolves, led by Connolly, are actually interested in moving Carl Anthony Towns right now. I'll continue to say, I can see next summer, June of 2024, being very, very fascinating. I just have never foreseen things blowing up this summer, that they're going to run this thing back. Yeah, tweak here, tweak there, Troy Brown Jr. in, Shake Milton in, right? You're going to tweak a little bit, Jalen Noel out, you know, on the edges. You're going to make some moves on the margins, right? But that this core was going to be back, that they want to see a full year of Mike Conley Jr. running things, that Carl Anthony Towns won't miss 50-something games again, that they're going to see what this core can do in a continued to be loaded Western Conference. I'm with you, though, Declan. Like, what is going to happen with Lillard? What is going to happen with James Harden? We know Harden wants the L.A. Clippers. We know Lillard wants the Miami Heat. But it's not that simple, right? So what ultimately does happen is training camps will begin at the end of September. So we're creeping closer to the start of training camp. But I get it. Like, Ant has been USA's best player. I love Jaron Jackson Jr. Maybe he's more impactful on the defensive end. Although Ant's defense, that to me, what has been maybe most impressive. I know he's an elite scorer. Now, his shooting percentage, you know, deciding what shots to take. Yeah, I think that has taken a leap up. Involving teammates, too. But I really love Ant on the defensive end. But Jaron Jackson Jr. of Memphis is such an elite defender. He is so good. But the best overall player for Team USA has been Anthony Edwards. Team USA just arrived in Manila, in the Philippines. So the FIBA World Cup officially ramps up here in the next couple of days. So, so far, it's been all these exhibition games. But Ant has been so good. I get where Bill Simmons is coming from. If you're Dane, are you thinking the threesome of me, Ant, Gobert could really make some noise? Plus, let's not forget about Jaden McDaniels. I was just sent a video clip from Swish Cultures. You look at Jaden McDaniels in the gym this summer. Looks like he's added some muscle. Let's not sleep on how good Jaden McDaniels is. Nothing new, by the way, on contract extension talks, but much like Hawkinson, both sides are motivated to get a deal done before the deadline in mid to late October. So there's still many weeks to go before the Jaden McDaniels contract extension deadline hits, right? But you look at Jaden, you know, so if you're Lillard, you could be like, okay, right? Because the idea would be the Wolves would give up Cat but I don't think you're giving up much beyond that. Lillard would come this way. Like maybe it's not a one-for-one. Maybe there's some other pieces involved, but it's not like the Wolves need to include Jaden McDaniels, something crazy like that. Now the chances of it actually happening, Declan, I think it's like 0.2%, right? Maybe never say never, but I don't see it happening, but I think it's a fascinating talker. I really do. And I'm fascinated to see where Lillard ultimately ends up. So, Dukes, I've I've said this repeatedly, and ordinarily, I am not a fan of guys playing in tournaments like this because it's their time to rest and time to work out, but not time to play basketball. But with but I agreed with you and and I think Phil, um, which is this is such a good opportunity for Ant to, to like shine with a group of all star type of players, elite players, and that at his age, this is this is perfect my gripe is with a guy like gobert who doesn't need to be doing this at this point and is actually going to benefit and clearly in those exhibitions is so here's my question though 
How much do you think that Ant is also opening up the eyes of a league that knew he was good? Uh, but like when you see the Garnett stuff that he's talking about, and and I know exactly what he is saying with with you know the off season comes and two months off and you don't see a guy and then you see the guy and you're like oh my god he's flipped a switch how much do you think the league's eyes are being opened to what this kid can do not saying he wasn't appreciated previously but this looks like star stuff and i'm not sure that ant has i'm not sure ant consistently put together star stuff before this feels like a huge step in the trajectory of his career yeah i mean it's time for the nba for espn for tnt to redo the national TV schedule. Not that you can't tweak it later in the season, but It'll like, flexed, the like hell. barely on national TV. Five games on Next TNT, e- ESPN, yeah. and NBA TV. By the way, does not count. It's like they got five more games yeah. on that. That doesn't count. That's a that's a no. I'm sorry, ESPN and TNT. They are what count. And there's five games right now. I'm telling you, it's going to be at least ten. Yeah, it needs to go up, right? I mean, it's time for you know those folks to take full notice. But yeah, LeBron James tweeting about Ant Edwards the other day. Now, LeBron knew just because of the Rich Paul clutch sports connection before Ant changed representation, but LeBron knew all about Ant years ago. But yeah, just when LeBron James is tweeting about you, when KG is making the comments, he has other luminaries. Yes, many people are taking full notice. And yes, Judd, at 22 years old, to get the coaching He's gotten from Steve Kerr, from Eric Spolstra. Yes. This exactly. made sense. Yep. It just did, right? Yep. Compared to this time last summer, you know, him driving around Atlanta, you know, making dumb comments on his Instagram story. It's not like Ant needed to do that, right? Right. Being in a basketball bubble, essentially, for these few weeks at 22 years old, just turned 22 on August 5th, always to me, Made sense. And we are seeing that ascension. I just have a feeling we'll go back to this summer, two, three years from now, and say, okay, we now know two, three years out from now that Ant is one of the five to ten best players in the game. Where did that ascension truly start? Yeah, we can probably point to last regular season, but I think we'll look back and say it was Team USA summer of 2023 when it truly began. So, yes, Final... it has been a joy to watch. Final scoop, sir. What else? I just do you got have from for us? Bet Online the Jonathan Taylor next team, if not mm-hmm. the Colts odds, Dolphins two to one, a few other teams listed, Vikings 14 to one. How would you bet on that, Judd? Jonathan Taylor in a Vikings uniform, 14 to one odds. No chance. I don't think there's any chance that a team that, that that Jettison Dalvin Cook, for good reason, is going to dip its toe into a market in which I am willing to say that every one of the um, advanced analytics minds at TCO probably thinks to themselves, this is not a position on which you want to spend your money. Correct. Yes, it is not a bet I would make. But nonetheless, an interesting talker. Oh, definitely. Now, there are a bunch of teams in front of them. So Dolphins 2-1, to one, but then it's Bears, Bills, Ravens, Broncos, Cowboys, Commanders. Then week one opponent, Tampa Bay, also 14-1. Baker Mayfield, no surprise, officially the starter for the Buccaneers week one at U.S. Bank Stadium, September 10th. Gopher football opener, nine days away. Gophers, Nebraska, Huntington Bank Stadium. It is trending toward, now it helps that Nebraska fans gobble up tickets, but they expect, (laughs) the University of Minnesota expects a sellout 
on Thursday night, August 31st. Speaking of the U, no surprise, we brought this up in May, that Mark Coyle's name would pop up for the USC AD job. It did. He's got the connection to Sandy Barber, who was on the search committee. So I'm not surprised that USC vetted out Mark Coyle, but ultimately they hired the AD from the University of Washington. She is said to be a rock star, right? And so when you can get somebody with the West Coast ties, Washington just also made the transition to the Big Ten. Seems like a home run hire for USC, but I'm not surprised that they vetted out Mark Coyle. Awesome, awesome stuff, stuff Dukes. Thank you, sir. Appreciate okay, it. We'll, boys. Uh, we'll talk Thursday, man. You got it. I like it. We'll talk on Thursday. See you, boys. Bye-bye. All right. Later, Doogie. Uh, and again, Judd, we have a little I, – I, I've constructed both lineups for the Twins against right and left-handed pitching. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm excited to, uh, to give it's that a, to you. It's a three-pack of Twins questions and an immaculate grid without Phil Mackey. Mm. Yeah, we're going to see how good uh, Judd and Dex do. Uh, with without You're the old Mac and Dak helping us, I, I think we'll you. be okay. You know, I trust it, you. You're good. If it's Twins '80s players, though, I don't know. And I, I'm, by the way, no, I haven't looked know, at the but grid I yet. got your back on that. I appreciate it. I uh, hit the subscribe button, Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment, and uh, we'll be back with the Twin Show here shortly.